racehorse or something like that. <laughs> 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 I hear a bell or something. Like that. Dan, welcome back to the show. Josh, welcome back to the show. It's been Thank a tough few weeks. You, all, you guys us. are almost becoming like regulars on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. We're like best love friends it. now. No, I love, I love having conversations about concrete. We're at, we're at the Canadian Concrete Expo. It's been a great show. Great show. Yep. I know you literally just run off the stage. Yes. How was that? How did that go? It went well. Yeah. Um, good turnout. A lot of questions at the end, which means at the end of my hour of talking, people thought I still had some value to provide. So they asked some questions. They, they you know, so it was good. What was the talk about again? So um, basically the, the talk was, the title of the talk was called The Ultimate ROI and why being an employee-centric business is the best path to grow. So basically what it's I good talked talk. about. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. Very, very good talk. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, as I mentioned in ex- extensive history of my uh, concrete and my career the last time we chatted, I was kind of taking my benefits consultant approach and looking internally at high tech. Um, and one of the things I realized is one of the reasons that we've grown as fast as we've grown in the last few years is because of the fact that we've got a stable workforce that we're able to hire guys, keep the guys that we want, and then continue to hire more. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from being employee centric, which is just jargon for caring about your employees and, and considering the employee experience when you're talking to them about, you know, anything, right? Just trying to, for years, and we talked about it, which is construction's kind of a catch-all for everybody, right? Yeah. We're the land of misfit toys here. So the idea is, let's set it up in a way that we're not approaching it that way anymore. Let's sell this kind of business and sell this kind of job to people, and that's done through being employee-centric. Well, I mean, Dan did a great job with Travis and Scott and Scott when you guys were on the show. Like, you got the sense that the company culture that you guys have created is very, very attractive. I mean, yeah, you know, we're really trying to um, put forth the fact that, you know, just because you work in construction doesn't mean you can't have a career. And well, because any trade is a career. Absolutely. It's right? ne- for me, it's never been a job, right? I've never looked at it but as a But I think job. for a lot of years, the, the perception was maybe Always that, there. Right? Yeah. Always there. Um, and I think that's a big thing that we're trying to change because, you know, it has been a career for me. I've been in this business over 40 years, and it's been my career. And so we, that's something we're really trying to put forth. You know, young people come in, and we try to tell them that you can make, you can have a great career, make a good living doing this work. High Tech Cutting is here. You can reach them at hightechcutting.ca, info at hightechcutting.ca, and on IG at High Tech Concrete Cutting. Um, I love conversations like that because they're important conversations because obviously you guys start building businesses that are not one-offs. And I think what I've seen, um, at, early on when my dad was in Brick Mason way, way long time ago, it was always one-off. You had, you had a labor, you had a tradesperson who had a one-off business. They were yeah. mom-and-pop business. And then when they were done, if their sons or somebody that was not attached to the family didn't take it over, that business was done. Yeah, but that's not right. the culture that you guys are building. No, you guys are building, you're, you're trying to grow a business that's going to attract lots of like-minded individuals that want to be in this industry, that care about this industry, and want to be a part of this growth that you guys are building, right? right? And the other thing we do a little bit different too is we are primarily a concrete cutting business as we talked about, but we do a lot of different things as well to try and attract different people and to have a, a, a spread, a variety of uh, clients as well. So not everything we do is, is uh, you know, how would I say a cookie cutter. We try to do a lot of different things. It helps us maintain a lot more workforce and keep busier and attract different people. Are you seeing, like Josh, are you seeing, I, I'm, I'm almost considering you being a bridge. You, you're almost a bridge of the boots on the ground and also the office side where you're, you're understanding where the administrative side of a business like yours is going, but you also understand what is happening on the job site and you're connecting the two worlds together, right? I'm trying my best anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, 
you know, it's kind of, it's interesting. One of the questions I had um, from somebody at the end of my presentation was they came over and they asked me, you know, we're a unionized environment. So all the different things that you're talking about doing, how do we do those when we're in that union environment? And it's like, well, it's kind of easy because the minimum that you have to do is the union contract. Yeah. You can do above the union contract or you can do things that aren't necessarily stipulated in the union contract, right? So, you know, just as an example at high tech, we're, we're kitting everybody out with lunches and coffees and all kinds of stuff in the office when they're there. That's not in the union contract. We don't have to do that, right? But that's ultimately, you know, our guys appreciate that. And so, yeah. Yeah, no, it made me, makes me want to apply for high tech concrete. Company. Yeah, come on board. <laughs> we'll set we you up the studio room. in the office yeah. for sure. And I could do, you know, we could talk for hours. But it's it's really funny that you bring up that union argument because that's the thing is that I'm starting to see a lot of these small, and I call them mom and pop businesses. You guys are treating the labor force better than the union is treating them, right? You're giving them more options to be a part of this company culture. And I'm not saying that the union's doing a bad job. I'm just no. saying they're doing a great job. It's wonderful. But there's no more of this argument where it's like, come become union and not instead of non-union because there's a lot more value added. But we're already given a lot of value and we're looking at possibly giving more value. Yeah, 100%. We, we, you guys want to continue doing that, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what attracts more people coming into construction where they start seeing that, okay, it's not a blue collar. It's not a, it's not a just fly by night. This isn't a one-off. This is, I'm actually going to build a career here. I'm going to retire, yeah. work here, contribute help build this entity and then all of a sudden retire from this, pass it on to somebody else. And the best thing, you know, as a business owner or anybody who has a business, whatever it might be, the best thing you can hope for is that you hire an employee that's going to stick with you for a long time. Because number one, it means less training yeah, and less turnover, all that stuff. And then, you know, obviously if they're committed to you, they're making it their life, they're going to do a better job for you. When you were getting into, sorry, you're going to say something? Well, I was just going to add to Dan's point. Um, when I worked at RBC, they told us that the average cost of hiring an employee, when you factor in all the, you know, the ramp up time, uh, the actual managerial time, leadership time, all that sort of stuff, 17 and a half grand. 17 and a half grand. Yep. And it can't be that far off when it comes to mom and pop construction businesses. That was also 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how we would ever measure that because because of what we do is so on-job training, it'd be a hard thing to measure. Um, luckily for us, while we're doing on-job training, it's also billable hours for us, you know, on our, yes. on our labor side, right? So it's a win-win for both of us. Well, when us. you were coming up the ranks and you were working in the industry, mm-hmm. you weren't looking at, like... I'm going to work here for six months and move on. I'm going to work here for six months. Yeah. I'm going to move on. No, no you, were, you were looking for a home, mm-hmm. and then you Absolutely. decided to build a home. You know what I mean? So then you went from that point. And I think a lot of people in the construction industry are like that. Yeah, we have a lot of applicants that come in, and that is the one thing they will tell us is, you know, they've bounced around from job to job, and they're looking just for somewhere to land and, and have a career. And we seem to see that with the mid-20-year-old people that come in. You know, they've done the part-time jobs, whatever it might be, maybe in high school and all this, and maybe retail or fast food environment, whatever it might be. And they're at a point in their life where, yeah, they're, they're moving around, but they're trying to land somewhere and stick with something that they can like. And, and, and we've had people try our trade, and they come back a week, two weeks, sometimes days, and say, you know what, this is just not for me. Yeah. And we're okay with that. Yeah, it's you know, totally it's, fine. Uh, I would rather find that out a week or two weeks in than a year or two. Um, but we do have that. That does happen occasionally because it's not for everybody, and we understand that. So we give everybody a chance, and we hope that everybody will work out. We really do. But when you guys are walking around shows like this, yeah. um, 
what are you guys looking for? What are you guys? Are you guys just predicting the future? You're looking at your company and trying to figure out what's what's ahead of us. Uh, these shows for us typically are more about uh, just the, on the equipment side, purchasing new equipment. Look yep. what's new. All our main suppliers are here. We do uh, we do the world of concrete in Vegas as well. I mean, this is obviously a smaller scale, but this show is is growing every year, which is a, is yeah. a great thing. I think it's great. Um, because you know our our industry is huge here in Canada, more so here in Toronto than most of the rest of Canada, and the and the show is doing everything they can to support that. So I think it's great. You guys see anything in that you liked? You want to buy? Well, we were in <laughs> Vegas. Plenty, uh, <laughs> we were in, I was in Vegas three weeks ago, so we I think we purchased everything we need there. Oh yeah, okay, it's so tapped just, out. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, shopping bags full. Yeah, all the deals <laughs> we need are are done. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things that you saw that you're interested that you like? They you like seeing new things. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, you know, my break from the industry, a lot had changed in that period of time, right? So I'm, you know, back up to speed in the world of concrete cutting, but it's, there's an ocean full of stuff that I don't know out there in terms of ICF building technologies and all that sort of stuff. So I really come to one of these just as curious as I possibly can be about what the hell is that thing? What's that for? Why are they doing that? And yeah, it's still interesting for me because a lot of that stuff is new because a lot of that stuff has changed, you know, just equipment or whatever it might be in the 12, 13 years I was out of the business, right? So these shows also give us an opportunity to uh, to mingle with some of our, for lack of a better term, our competitors, other business owners. And one of the suppliers had an event last night that we were at and a lot of the other business owners were there and whatnot. And so it gives us a chance to talk about things Without uh, without sharing any you know trade secrets, obviously, but but they're always a lot of fun. You know, to, it's always fun to break bread with people and have a couple of drinks. And so it was a really good event last night that we attended. And and it's because of this show that they sort of do those things because they know everybody's going to be you know in town, I guess, essentially and and, re- and available. And, yeah. Are you seeing that more and more trade yeah. people? They're, yeah. they're willing to talk. Yeah. yeah, they'll keep some secrets, but they're willing to yeah, talk. Yeah, the right? old school guys. But that you wasn't know, the, they, that no, wasn't the date. No, you're absolutely nobody, right. Everybody I, I don't want to talk to him. Yeah, I don't want to talk to him. They don't want to share anything, and you, you thought of if you were sharing, you were helping the, the competitor again, for lack of a better term. And a lot of that stigma's gone. But you guys see this over the, like, the when the phone calls are coming in and the orders are coming in. There's a lot of work out there, no? There is. There is a lot of there's work out there. And there's a lot. And there's still yeah. much more needed for more people to come into the business. Yeah, 100%. So if there's a lot of work and there's still a void of people to do the work, then we're all good. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. 100%. Then we shouldn't be worried about competition, so to speak. No. Not necessarily competition. And, you know, also, as we talked about this week earlier when we met, is we are a service-based business, and, and everybody in this trade is. So you end up with your core group of clients that deal with you. Um, so we don't necessarily every day or every week have new clients. You do have them occasionally, but you really have your core group of clients that you deal with. And company B has the same. All the companies have their clients that they deal with. So it's, it's not even an everyday occurrence that you would price or compete against another competitor in our, in our business. I think the younger, you could probably attest to this, Josh, the younger trades. Not that young. No, no, I'm just, <laughs> but you see it, right? Like yeah. I think the younger trades are, are trying to get the idea or understand the idea that Building a relationship is extremely valuable based on service that they could potentially lose jobs mm. even Absolutely. though they were the better price. They went with somebody else that was a little bit more expensive, but the relationship was established yeah. and the service was deliverable. Yeah. So that's a valuable lesson to teach the younger Absolutely. trades where it's not always about the number. It's about what you could provide and what you promise and what you're going to deliver. So it's like it goes back to your company culture and the service, yeah. right? The second most important thing we have is our relationship with our customers. Valuable. Really yeah, valuable, absolutely. right? But these, I think, yeah. That's the case in any business, right? Like, 
you know, from a sales perspective or a new business perspective, the last thing you want to be doing is fighting about price or, yeah. or having discussions about price every day because at the end of the day, that's easy to beat, right? At what point if, you know, I'm 34, you're 34, at what point is 34.25 going to do it? 34.50? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're better off to not focus on the things that you can't control, right? Because you can't control what somebody else is going to price a job, but I can control how well I'm servicing you, how quickly I'm servicing you, how well I'm answering the phone. Am I, you know, cutting through it, getting you Those what you need, yes. getting the guys on the job that you like? That's more, uh, that's a better way to build your client base and your business, in my mind, anyways. What's the feedback that you guys are getting from your workforce? Are you getting them opening up and then getting them to kind of say, listen, I got a thought, I got a suggestion? Yeah, it's it's different with, with all of them, again, because we deal with the human factor and yeah. we're all different people. Yeah. So some people are more apt to open up more than others, but we, we really try to, again, as we talked about, have an open door policy where we let guys have come in and have a discussion about anything, you know, um, and, and they're... Their ideas are always warranted and, and we're listened to and anything we can do to change that is... For a limitation, right? You don't want them coming in going, listen, do you want Chantilly Lace or do you want, like, Ivory Blue? <laughs> no, yeah. within limits. But, yeah, we, we, try to, we try to give them everything that they need to be successful because if they're not successful, we're not. So when we send our, quote-unquote, our trucks out every day... We try to send, put everything we can possibly in that truck so that they are successful. Smart. We ca they cannot be successful if we don't set them up for success. If we set them up for failure, then we're only failing ourselves. And that's the, that's the, like that's a hot topic on the yeah. show all the time. We're trying to figure out. Everyone's trying to figure out how to solve this. But I mean, how do we get more people interested in the industry and attractive and being in the industry and trying to find gems like you guys? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard. That's, not that's everybody hard is rolling yeah. a, a, like a, a, the game like you guys, yeah. right? Nobody's, like, not everybody, that's not the norm. You know that. There's yeah, stigmas attached yeah. to construction. So it's like, how do we make it appealing to people? So I'd push back a little bit on that. And okay. what I would say is, that is not the norm. I do agree completely. But the kind of the nature of my presentation that I was giving there was just discussing, and kind of we're a perfect example of that, right? We all talk about what's wrong with construction or what construction companies can do and yeah. all that. It's not that. It's, we have a people problem. Go yeah. talk to anybody who runs a restaurant. Go talk to anybody who runs They have a, the same problem. They have the same problem. That's why, like, a lot of the companies I used to work at, you go on their website, the number one thing they're talking about is hiring and attracting and retaining workers. Because that's not a construction problem. That's a Canadian people problem. Yeah. Right? So one of the things that I, I didn't want to get into it the last time we met because I was trying to save some stuff for the presentation. For the show, yeah. But one of the things is, currently right now, age 54, 50 to 64, the population of Canada, 21% of the population of Canada is in, in that age band. Okay. And then if you look at 15 to 30, it's 18.5%. So whatever, it's only 3%. That's not really a big deal until you actually look and go, holy shit, that's 1.1 million people. It's a lot. Or the combined population of Brampton and Hamilton. It's a lot. Right? It's a lot of people. And the other thing is, too, Canadian... The Canadian economy grows typically since 1962 at 3.3% per year. Some years it goes up, some years it's less. But that general trend of 3.3% has been that way for the last 50, 60 years, right? Well, okay. So that's not 1.1 million workers. Over that period of time, you're looking at 2 million workers in the next 15 years that just aren't available to be hired anymore. Wow. So the idea that it's a construction problem it's not you know we're rare yeah. what's going to happen is 
the, the companies like Hitech are going to be the ones that are able to hire people. Well, they'll be able to hire the people that other people want to hire. And then what ends up happening is as it cascades down and you stop doing some of this stuff and you're, you know, more of those mom and pop shops, well, you're going to be able to hire, but you're going to hire the people that other people didn't want. And the other thing is, is to make construction more appealing is, as we talked about earlier, is, is really focusing on making it more a career than a job. Yeah. That's what I truly believe. Yeah. Because I believe the younger generation, they want to learn, they want to be heard. You know, and they want to participate. And if you could do those three things, I think you will get people. But the lessons that are being taught in today's construction versus yesterday's construction are far greater and more challenging lessons. Oh, absolutely. And you need to have a focus and an energy that wants to be on that site and understand what the tools are all about and what the team is all about and what the company culture is all about. So it's like there's there's huge hurdles here, right? There you, is. You yeah. can't just take an office worker from a different industry, throw them in construction, and expect them like, okay, you figure it out. No, no it doesn't work no, that way no, because no. there's a lot of skill attached to this yeah, trade absolutely. and this career, right? So there's value in that. And I, I I definitely think probably in my lifetime that whole blue collar stigma will probably be done. I don't I think so. I don't yeah. think it's going to be there anymore. I don't believe it's there as much as it might have been no, twenty or thirty years totally ago for not. sure. So no. hopefully this, this in the next the twenty or thirty years yeah. that that same progression happens, and at some point it will be gone. Then you're going to really want. People. Well, I think the messaging's changing as well, right? Like, so we went out last Thursday, Kendra and I. Uh, Kendra's our controller here at High Tech, and we did a career fair okay. at a at a local high school to my like Georgetown High School. Um, and by far, the trades were the busiest section. Those, so they stuck all the wow. trades together in one corner. We were section seven. That was one of the busiest areas because every kid was like, I want to be a plumber. I want to be an electrician. I want to be an elevator guy. Hmm. Because I think what's happened is some of that stigma has gone away, but then also like the dollars and cents, right? As guys retire from the world of construction, they become you know more valuable, the yep. people that are still here. Yep. And the amount of people that currently... It's kind of ironic. So I gave the example of Google in the presentation I was doing, which is, you know, they're the pinnacle of employee centric, right? Yeah. Okay. But what's happened is that market has been flooded. So you could go get what's called a UX design uh, certification, which means I can design your website, right? Like the front facing user bit of your website, I can design that. I can actually get a course and certified and a degree in that in about six months, right? So it used to be that people who did that sort of work were making 250 grand a year because they had to get, you know, seven year college degree or university degrees and the whole thing. Not the case. Not the case. Now you're going to get, it's like a real estate kind of transition, right? You're learning a few things. Not to knock real estate. Not to knock any of it. I'm not knocking any of (laughs) it, right? But what I just mean to say is it's faster to get there. But then those companies have realized that because now there's millions of people that know how to do UX design. Well, that's a $65,000 a year job now, as opposed to being a $250,000 a year job. And what you're kind of seeing is some of the trades, that's exactly switched, right? Some of the trades are a little bit lower paid. And and now what you're seeing is because it's scarce, you know, it's funny. Like, think about like those artisanal plaster guys that do some of those fancy roofs, right? Those guys probably weren't the best paid in the 50s, 60s. But try getting that done at your house right now. There's probably one only per city, right? Exactly. That's what it is. Getting paid whatever he wants. There's lots of trades that are a dying art. You know, you talked about your father doing being a mason. That's one right there. It's a tough one. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is that it's no longer like just do it as a fallback, get into trades and do it. No, there's a career attached to that. There's like, you know, you you got a lot of training to get involved. You got a lot of certification you got to get involved with. And you definitely want the the right guidance by the right company, right? You don't want to just be thrown into the mess and all of a sudden be taught by the wrong people. 
because they really don't care about it or maybe they're not interested yeah. in sticking around like you guys are interested in building this industry i am adding yeah. to it right and one of the one of the reasons for me to start this business you know truth be told was to have a business to leave for my children that was a big part of it for me so but that probably wasn't the first thought when you got no. started no no in the industry yeah. but it definitely became the core thought now now at this point in my at life this and point. age you know your thoughts change with age so now your focus change. is just like get the people around you that have the same mindset yep. to contribute to this thought absolutely and then grow it from there and we're very fortunate we have a great great team of people this has been good man it's always good to talk to you guys yeah. you guys are inspiring yeah. me. i'm telling you i still want to apply yeah come on down <laughs> come on down man <laughs> All right, guys, so it's uh, hightechcutting.ca, info at hightechcutting.ca, and find them on IG at hightechconcretecutting. You guys are still walking around the we floor, are, yes. yeah. yeah, it's good to see you guys all the time. You Please. too, man. And we'll, we'll be in touch. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you very right much. here. Take Thank care, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.